Mm, I'm ready to get in the word. How about you? Amen. Are you, are you expecting the word tonight? Amen. Last Sunday, last Wednesday, Sunday, <laughs> last Wednesday of 2020. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to read the prophetic word and we'll get into the assignment tonight. It says a new era has begun and more and more signs and wonders will be seen in 2021 for those who will heed my voice and obey my words. They'll experience my goodness and my power is never seen nor heard. They'll see the fruit of their faithfulness come bursting forth and they'll prosper and flourish like never before. Abundance and overflow. That's what they'll see. I'll bring it to pass because their love and their obedience to me. No longer will their enemy have the upper hand for my spirit is moving and that pouring my power is coming upon the land. Many triumphant victories will mark this new era. It's what I plan. So rest in me. Miracle after miracle. That's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Refuse to be swayed by what's said in the news with me on your side. How can you lose? So stay with my word. It's faithful and true. I'll bring it to pass and great things I will do. Yes, a new era is here. It's already begun and I plan marvelous things for 2021. Abundant overflow is the order of the day. So rest assured it's on its way. Your adversary can't stop what I've already decreed. So stay in faith and get ready to receive. Allow no one to discourage you by what they say. Keep looking to me and I'll have my way. Tell my people they'll need to remain strong and stay close to me. So they'll not be deceived by their enemy. His attacks will intensify and he'll try to prevail. But my power is greater and it shall not fail. Fear not nor be fretful over whatever shall come. The battle is mine and I've already won. Contrary to what you'll see and what you shall hear, 2021 will be a great year. A year of abundant overflow. That's my plan and it shall be so. Another word that Dr. had said, a great shaking, a great shifting, and a great displacing will take place in your nation. And then immediately following this, there will be a great awakening and a great outpouring. Yeah, praise the Lord. That's me. Are you watching me online? <laughs> okay. Shaking, the act of causing something to be removed or replaced. Shifting, the act of changing position or direction. Displacing, the act of laying aside someone and making room for another. Awakening, the act of becoming more attentive to the will, the plans, and the purposes of God. And outpouring, a sudden rapid flow and barrage of God's spirit. God's power, God's anointing, God's love, and God's blessing. What we're going to be dealing with on Wednesday nights um, over, might be a couple months, might be a few months, but there's going to be a theme throughout the first part of the year on Wednesday nights. And we're going to talk about living uncommon. We're going to talk about living uncommon. What does uncommon mean? Uncommon means... It means to be, live beyond the norm. It means out of the ordinary. It means to live remarkable. It means not usually known or experienced. It means unparalleled, unprecedented, or extraordinary. And, and so this is just really big in, in my heart. And so it, it will go different directions as different ministers, you know, pray and seek the Lord. But, but the overarching theme is going to be living uncommon. You know, uh, one of the words there about awakening, it says the act of becoming more attentive to the will, the plans and the purposes of God. You know, you and I need to be awakened to really how God sees us. 
We need to be awakened to, to how God lives and how God operates because God doesn't live and operate common. We serve a uncommon God. He's a God without, without limitations. He's a God that has no restrictions. He's, there's nothing normal about God. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like, duh. <laughs> go, if you have your Bibles, go to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. I'm not sure how far we'll get tonight in this. Eric will minister next Wednesday, so we'll see what the Lord gives him. <laughs> but, uh, living uncommon. Say that, living uncommon. Think, think about this, even with the definitions, living unparalleled, living extraordinary. You know, if you operated and we, we stepped into abundant overflow, that would be uncommon. That would be uncommon, right? Let's look at this. In Isaiah 55, verse 7, in the Amplified, it says, Let the wicked forsake his way. And lend the unrighteous man his thoughts. Now, just for the sake of what we're dealing with tonight, I want to read it this way. Let the common man forsake his way. Let the common man forsake his thoughts. And it says, and let him, let the common man do what? Return to the Lord. And he, God, will have love, pity, and mercy on the common man. And to our God, for he will multiply to him his abundant pardon. Then it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. So we can read it this way. For my thoughts are not common thoughts. Neither are my ways common ways, says the Lord. Now, religion has taken this scripture and just said, well, you know, God, God's ways are higher than our ways. Well, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Bless his holy name. Well, you got to understand, you have to read the first verse in there. Verse 7, it says, let the wicked man forsake his ways and let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. So none of this has, none of this has to do that we can't know his thoughts, nor can we know his ways. That's not what this scripture is saying. It's saying, if I want to know his thoughts and I want to know his ways, I've got to forsake my thoughts and my ways. So if I want to understand what living uncommon is all about, I have to forsake my way of doing things and I've got to forsake my thoughts in doing things. If I want to have a uncommon marriage, if I want to have un, be uncommon in my finances, uncommon in as a pastor, uncommon as a church, uncommon as as whatever you're calling your business, your your occupation, whatever God's called you to do, whatever he's gifted you to do is not something that's always behind a pulpit. Whatever he's gifted you to do, the bottom line is God wants you to do it uncommon. So we have to, we have to, we have to first, we have to understand I've got to forsake my ways and I've got to forsake my thoughts. Why? Because it says, because God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are your ways. My ways says the Lord. Verse nine says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now we can look at it this way. For God's way of thinking is higher than earth's way of thinking. Yeah. 
That's really what this is saying. So, so if we're going to come to a place where we live uncommon, I've got to get an understanding of what heaven thinks. I've got to get an idea of what heaven's ways are. You know, John the Baptist, you know, when he came on the scene, he made a statement. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, this wasn't. Yes, there was there's an aspect of asking for the forgiveness of sin in this. But you have to understand there wasn't a sacrifice for sin. At this time, they weren't doing sacrifices because because the temple was no longer there. So there was a whole lot of things that were out of order as it pertains to the Jewish culture at that time. Yeah, there was different things they could try to do. But but what was John the Baptist? Ultimately, that statement that he was saying was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What was he saying? He was saying you have to what is repent here? It means to turn around and go 180 degrees back another direction. It's not a necessarily about repenting and asking forgiveness of sin. It's about changing your whole mindset. It's about changing your paradigm. Your way of thinking, it's, it's dealing with how your traditions, your way of thoughts, your customs. So when he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning, hey, what is he saying? He goes, you need to change your way of thinking, change the way you're doing things because there is a new kingdom coming. There's a new way of thinking coming. In Matthew chapter 15, I'm taking some side notes here, but. But in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus is talking not just to his disciples, but he's talking to the religious people of the day. And he makes a statement to them. He says, your traditions make the word of God of no effect. You know, and in our mind, you know, in our mindset, we're like, well, that, you know, our traditions, you know, we're, we're, you know, we are a non-denominational church and we don't have traditions. You have to understand that what he's referring to is when he says the word tradition here, he's talking about your customs. What, what do you go into a different culture? What happens when you, you're going to see different customs? You're going to see the way people do things. You're going to see the way they dress. You're going to see the food they eat. You're going to see ultimately everything comes down to the way someone thinks. So when Jesus was telling them, he was saying, look, you're making the word of God of no effect, meaning God's word has no power in your life because of your thought life. God's word, you're you're limited and you're hitting a lid in your life, guys, because you can't understand my power and my ability because you can't, can't get past your traditions, your customs. There's another thing about tradition, and I'll throw this out here as well, is what is another tradition is a habit. Your habits are customs. Your habits are some, a habit is what you, something you do all the time, right? So you could call that a tradition. It's a norm in your life. And, and so what happens is those way of thought, everything is based out of your thinking. And so Jesus is saying, Hey, you're limiting the power of my word because of the way you think and the way you do things. So, so here in Isaiah, he's saying, he's saying, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways higher than yours. 
So if we want to live uncommon, we're going to have to think different. We're going to have to get a, we're going to need, we're going to need, need to be awakened to God's thoughts and God's ideas and God's purposes for our lives. Go to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. Holy Spirit, thank you for being our teacher. I want to live uncommon. Let's look at verse 11. Amplified, it says, For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Now, we just read in Isaiah where it says, Now, we know who's talking here. God's talking. He's talking through the prophet Jeremiah. Because it says, For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you. What says who? The Lord. And we just established... That God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. See, we have to stop limiting what God wants to do in our lives and what God wants to do through our lives by our thoughts and by the way we think and the way we see things. Maybe how we were raised, how we grew up through our experiences, what people spoke over us, what people told us. Because why? God says, I know the thoughts that I have for you. I know the plans. I know the thoughts that I have for you. And we understand that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And some of you heard me teach a lot on Jeremiah 29, 11, So just bear with me here because I need to establish this point. When God says, I know the thoughts that I have for you. This word thought here is where we get our English word machine from. It's, it's where in, in the word, this word... Thoughts here in the in the Hebrew is where it's where we get our our word machine in the English, and the word means something that accomplishes a task. A machine is something that has a purpose. Like if uh, you know, if I had a light bulb in my hand right now, you know, you're looking, you're look, you'd be looking at the light bulb, and within that light bulb is its purpose. There's, it's, there's, there's ability on the inside of that light bulb when it's put into the right environment. And so it's the same thing that God says, I know the thoughts that I have for you. And so what happens is God is looking at the thoughts. When God looks at you, he's seeing everything he placed on the inside of you. He sees, he sees not just who you are, not what you are, but he sees the task that you're going to accomplish. He sees the giftings in your life. He sees the, the, the people that you will touch, the lives that you will change. He knows the thought. I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. You know, and there's nothing on the inside of you. There's nothing when God looks at you as sees as ordinary. But yet when we look in the mirror, we too often just see ordinary. Or maybe less than ordinary. Maybe less than average. See, I, I want to ignite on the inside of us the fact that you were created for more. You were born for more. And you have so much more in you than you realize. 
But you have to get beyond the customs, your traditions, and your way of thinking that have shaped your life for the last how many years that you've been alive. Because because ultimately, those things shape your decisions, whether you'll step out or you don't step out, or whether you'll do this or go that way, whether you'll let some things go or not let some things go. All those things will hinder you from stepping into the uncommon things that God's called you to. And I'm speaking to myself as well. There's some things that I may hesitate in or, or not step out on because, because maybe I heard someone else failed at that or they didn't do that. And that happened when they did that instead of just realize and just instead of being obedient to God. Has, that, has everyone been there? So God knows the thoughts he has for you. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 10, it's a, it's a great story. And, 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 it's, and it's a story that, I mean, each one of us, you know, should really be excited about because... I mean, it was like this guy Cornelius really just set the stage so you and I could be a part of this New Testament experience. Here the Cornelius was a was a Gentile and here he is, it said that his it talked about how his alms and his prayers came up before God like incense. So he wasn't a Jewish man, just an ordinary common Gentile, so to speak. Peter has a dream and he, he sees, he sees this sheet lower down and on this sheet, he sees all these animals on there. He sees things that, that, you know what, as, as a good Jewish boy, he's not supposed to eat. And he sees, you know, things, I'm not going to go through all the things that are on there, but bottom line, if you look at Acts chapter 10, thank you, Father. Verse 28, I believe. I think I wrote the wrong scripture down. Acts chapter 10. Uh, no, actually, actually, I want Acts chapter 10, verse 28. Verse 28 says, And he said to them, you yourselves are aware how it is not lawful or permissible for a Jew to keep company with or to visit or even to come near or to speak first to anyone or any one nationality. But God has shown and taught me by words that I should not call any human being common or unhallowed or ceremonially unclean. Now, as I got praying over this, and, and actually this scripture is... Really what started this whole thing that just in my heart on where we needed to go on Wednesday nights for a bit is think about it, it says don't call common. Don't call common what God calls uncommon. Don't see yourself. You see, no, you're like, well, well, he's talking about animals. No, he's connecting it to Jews and Gentiles. He's talking to Peter and wants Peter to get a, get a revelation is that these, you're looking down on these people because, because of the natural, you think they're just common. 
They're ordinary. They're less than you. But God is saying, don't call common what I call uncommon. And how this came up in the inside of my heart is, is if we're not careful, we'll limit ourselves just with being ordinary. And there were some things that I was praying, praying over, things I was pressing into. And it was kind of in my own thought life. The, it was almost like I was hitting a lid there. And, and the Lord was really speaking to me. And he was saying, because you don't think I can do it. Or you don't think I can do it through you. And so he said, so the Lord just pretty much just said to me, he goes, don't call common what I call uncommon. See, we're not, we're not, God, we're not created to be common. God didn't, didn't set us free. God didn't bring Jesus on the scene just so we could live like the rest of the world and be like everyone else. He placed greatness on the inside of us. So don't call yourself ordinary or common. Any longer. Don't call yourself just. Well I'm just this. Or I'm just that. I'm just this. I'm just that. I'm, I'm just shy. Or I'm just this. I, you know I've just made so many mistakes. I've just this. I'm just that. I, I, I'm just too fearful. I'm just. what have, And every time you use the word just. There, there's a definition for just. That I found in, in the dictionary, and it's this. The definition is, by a very small margin. Meaning you're comparing yourselves to just something that's just small. Something that's average or something that's just mediocre. Put your hand on your heart. And just say this with me. I'm not... Just anything. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have the spirit of God living on the inside of me. And because of that, greatness is on the inside of me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I am uncommon. Therefore... I will live uncommon. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 10. Amplified, it says, For we are God's own handiwork. We are His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. Let me read that again. For we are God's own handiwork. You're God's own handiwork. Is there anything that God created 
that's less than average. No. Everything God created. When he created man from the dust of the ground, what he says, it is very good. Everything else that when he created, he said, it is good. It is good. He gets to man and he says, oh, it's very good. You're his workmanship. You're his handiwork. And I'm telling you, there's nothing that is his handiwork that is created and meant to be common. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And then it tells us what we're created for. It says good works. In the Greek here, in this word good, it means distinguished. It means something that excels in respect. It means something of excellent quality. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for excellent works. Distinguished works. Works that excel in respect. Wow. There's nothing in, there's nothing in this scripture that sounds ordinary or common to me. You're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Twenty twenty one, we're gonna live uncommon. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. <clears throat> A lot of these are familiar scriptures, but King James says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A holy nation, a peculiar people. Now, this word peculiar here really doesn't mean weird. It actually really, in the original language, it means purchased. But the reason why they, they translate it peculiar is because you're rare, you're valuable. You were purchased with something that's. And because you're purchased, someone saw fit to value something because they thought you worthy enough to have an exchange of something of value. You're a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You are a peculiar people or you are a purchased people that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness And into his marvelous light. Now let me read it this way. You are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a purchased people. Why? So you could show forth the praises of him. Who called you out of common. Into something uncommon. See darkness is just just represents. Just something that's common. Something that's ordinary. But when you talk about light, light is extraordinary. Light speaks of the glory of God. Light speaks of the power of God. Light light speaks of the ability of God, the life of God. He called you out of 
ordinary and he called you into his, doesn't just say light, but he says marvelous light. So it's not just, it's not any, just any ordinary light, it's marvelous light. You say, wow. wow. Hallelujah. Say it backwards. Wow. wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, this, this is how we need to see ourselves. We're, 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 we're meant to be uncommon. Living uncommon. Hallelujah. Man, there's so many directions we could go. Lord, where do you want me to go? Go to Isaiah 51. Isaiah 51. Thank you, Father. Isaiah 51. Hallelujah. Verse 1, I'm going to read this in the Amplified. It says, Hearken to me, you who follow after rightness, Injustice. You who seek and inquire of and require the Lord, claiming him by necessity and by right, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the hole in the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him when he was but one, and I blessed him and I made him many. So he says, hearken to me, listen to me, listen to me. You that are following after rightness and justice, you who seek and inquire of the Lord, look to the rock from where you came from and look to the hole in the quarry from which you were dug. Then it says, look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him when he was but one and I blessed him and I made him many. See, I want you to understand that before you met Jesus, you were common. Before you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you were common. But yet you had so much potential. You had so much potential on the inside. What's potential? Potential is... Possibilities, but not positivelys. Let me say it again. What is potential? Potential is possibilities. You have so much potential on the inside of you. We have so much potential on the inside of each one of us. What is that? Those are possibilities. But just because they're possibilities don't mean they're going to be positivelys. <laughs> Meaning it's not automatic. Meaning living uncommon isn't automatic. It's not, living uncommon is not normal. It's rare. So look to Abraham, who called you. Look to Abraham. When I called him, he was but one. So we need to look to Abraham. Meaning we need to set our attention on Abraham. There's something he wants us to see with Abraham And what we need to see is when God called Abraham, he was just one. But yet God blessed him and made him many. So when Abraham, who was 
common or ordinary got hooked up with God, he was no longer just one, but now he's many. So it's the same thing. When I get hooked up with God, I'm, I'm way beyond just being ordinary any longer. Now that I'm hooked up with God where I was one, now I can be so much more. And the moment that I made Jesus the Lord of my life, I stepped out of just being one. And now I have the, I have potential beyond whatever could ask, think, dream, or imagine on the inside of me. So let's look at Abraham. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. You sure are quiet tonight. You're just, just listening, right? Just taking it in. Teach him tonight. So how do we get to a place where we live? Where does living uncommon begin? So we're going to look at Abraham to see because he started with God as one, but God blessed him and made him many. So God made Abraham uncommon. So how did it begin? Let's look at verse one. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. And now the Lord said to Abram, leave your country, leave your kindred and leave your father's house unto a land that I'll show you. Meaning if you want everything that God has, there's some things you have to leave behind. And so often we want to live uncommon, but we want to hang out with common. We so often want to live uncommon, but we're satisfied with the common. We want extraordinary, but we're okay with just staying with the ordinary. So there's, there, we have competing desires. You know, there's competing desires like I, I want to be strong. I want to be ripped. I want to have huge biceps, but there's competing desires. I like bacon cheeseburgers with the bread. I like pizza. So I have competing desires. And so often we, we want to live uncommon, but we, but we give into our competing desires we, we keep, we, we, we stay with ordinary things because, because we, sometimes the living uncommon is a little difficult. <laughs> so for Abraham to, to leave from being one to be many, he's going to have to leave some things behind. Verse two says, and I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. See, we like the sound of that, don't we? And I will bless thee, I will bless them that bless thee. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. I will curse them that curse thee. Can I get an amen? (laughs) And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Can I get an amen? amen? One of the things he says, I will make thy name great. Can I get an amen? Amen. See, we, we love the sound. Now, now listen to that. He goes, I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. That, all that sounds like living uncommon, doesn't it? In thee shall, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed in, in Abraham. 
all the families of the earth be blessed? There's nothing about that sounds uncommon. And, and we can rejoice and we can shout. Man, he's going to make my name great. God's going to do something great in my life. He's going to do great through my life. And all these things are going to be amazing. And, and we're like, oh, praise the Lord. But you have to understand. Everything is hinged upon will Abraham leave his father's house. We like to shout about all the things that are promised. We like to shout about all the, the, the blessings of Deuteronomy 28. But you know what? There's some, there's some uh, things there. It says, if you hearken diligently to my voice, then you'll be blessed coming in and blessed going out. You see, there's some, there's some things here. It's not, it's not about trying to earn anything from God, but it's got, we have to get to a place where, where we are leaving behind the things that are keeping us ordinary. Leaving behind the things that are keeping us common. So in order for Abraham to step into the fulfillment of the blessing that was upon Abraham's life, in order for him to become many, he was going to have to leave some common things for him to live uncommon. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. And I'll close with this. Maybe close with this. So you're supposed to say, no, no, Pastor Justin, no, no. Hallelujah. I'll be grateful for the days like in the Apostle Paul where he preached all night and guy fell out of the the balcony dead, raised him from the dead, and he went back and he taught for three more hours. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's keep looking at Abraham for a moment. Verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, he obeyed and he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked... For a city which had hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. You know, the whole aspect of with Abraham and how Abraham came to a place where he was able to live uncommon is because of this right here. He looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. Meaning he wasn't satisfied with just seeing ordinary things. He wasn't just into out for seeing ordinary results. He was all about stepping into the uncommon things. He was looking for something. He wasn't looking for a man. He was ultimately, he was looking for heaven. I'm looking, I'm, I'm following God so closely because my ultimate desire is to find the city whose builder and foundation is God. You see, because what made Abraham be the father of faith, the, what caused him to live uncommon? It was his desire to live with an uncommon faith. Uncommon faith is what co- will cause us to live uncommon. 
think of uncommon faith, I think of Matthew chapter 8, when Jesus was talking to the centurion. And the centurion said, speak the word only and, my, and your servant, just, and my servant would be healed. Just speak the word only. And what does Jesus say? He goes, I haven't found, I haven't found, I haven't found so great a faith. No, not in all of Israel. Was it uncommon faith? It was uncommon faith. It wasn't normal. Being people of faith is rare because you walk by faith and not by sight. Being people of faith, you're not moved by by every circumstance, report, or situations that that may that you may encounter. Being, having an uncommon faith doesn't mean you don't experience everyday common problems. Having uncommon faith is just realizing no matter what I'm going through, my faith is going to stand resting on the word of God, the ability of God, and the power of God. There's other things I had in my notes, and I just don't think I need to get to them. But I want, I want to close you with these few thoughts. God is a master at taking ordinary things, common things, and doing uncommon things through them. He took ordinary ravens to feed a prophet. He took an ordinary donkey to speak. He took an ordinary axe head and caused it to float. He took an ordinary sling and a stone to kill a giant. He took an ordinary staff to part a Red Sea. He took an ordinary fish and provided money that was needed in it. He took an ordinary shout to make walls fall. He took ordinary fish and loaves to feed 5,000. He's a master at taking common, ordinary things and doing uncommon things with them. So as we, we step into 2021, on Wednesday nights, we're going to be talking about living uncommon. Because you have to see yourself. You have to see yourself as the raven that God uses. You have to see yourself as the sling and the stone. You have to see yourself being used in God's hands. But that will never happen if you don't understand and having an uncommon faith. Because you're called to live uncommon. Let me close with this, this thought. Jesus ministers to a blind man. And he, he bends down and he... There's a couple of times he did this. Once he spit. There's other times he took mud and he made clay. And he, he put him in a blind man's eyes. You see, that was that was just ordinary water, ordinary dirt. But get a picture of this. You see, you and I are created. What did he create Adam from? The dust of the ground. Get an image of it. Close your eyes for a moment. Get an image of this. Because we're called to live uncommon. Get an image that you are that dust. In the ground. You are the dust in the ground that Jesus took, made 
made the mud and put in the blind man's eyes. You see, we are the very instruments in God's hands that will have the ability to do uncommon things. But you have to see yourself as being uncommon. See yourself as extraordinary. See yourself as beyond the norm. See yourself as remarkable. I believe we are that clay in Jesus' hands today that bring healing, that open eyes, that heal bodies, that set people free. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives. And we thank you for the challenge that your word brings. I thank you for igniting on the inside of us this heart, this passion to not settle for living just ordinary, everyday, common lives. But that we would see ourselves as living uncommon. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you receive this word tonight? Well, give him a shout of praise. Do you receive this word tonight? Amen.